Support the podcast by buying a copy of The Shad Line Rises on Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, or Apple. It's also available in paperback. Chapter 25. Winter Sickness She still wore her apron as she climbed the broad, low steps to enter the Baths of Ori. Her shoes were soaked from the long, slushy trek up from Terraside, her nose chilled. But her heart blazed with eagerness and pride. My name is Weiss, daughter of Chicky, she said to the sensual sitting at the receiving desk just inside the great dome of the gentle goddess. She didn't add that until very recently she had been the housemaid, common room mistress, and do all for her father at the Yen Inn. That had been her old life. It would have been her whole life if not for that strange, wonderful man who had taken hold of her. She'd forgotten his name, but she'd never forget his face. And if she ever saw him again, she vowed to give him the biggest, wettest, deepest kiss he'd ever gotten. I have awakened to the Mercus, she announced proudly. Sensual Beth was a stout woman with a rather intimidating bosom. The bangs of her bowl-cut hair were just long enough to cover her eyebrows. It gave her a helmet-like aspect, but her eyes were keen and kindly. I feel it in you, child. You are welcome here. She rang a bell and a novitiate came forward to attend to desk duty. Come with me, Weiss. The woman led slowly winding around the three huge pools glistening beneath the dome. A few elderly Grissensiders were bathing in the smallest one. They wore long, dark robes for modesty, while their hair remained perfectly coiffed in the ridiculous manner of the radiant class. On most days, Weiss had no use for their kind. But today, she loved them. All the world was glorious, because she was going to be a sensual, and that meant she no longer had to slave away for her father, rising with the sun and collapsing into bed at midnight, spending the days toiling with brooms, carrying wood, shoveling ash, peeling potatoes, fending off grabby hands, and staring down those who discovered their purse was just a coin or two short for their bill. As a sensual, she would be respected. She would be important. I believe voluptuary Sinlop is in her quarters, Sens Beth was saying. She likes to greet all new novitiates, Merculans or not. This was getting better with every passing moment, Weiss thought. Her palms grew a bit sweaty at the idea of meeting the voluptuary, and her head was a bit achy, just there, behind her eyes, too much excitement, and too little food. Sens Beth eyed her as they walked. A bit old for an awakening, not too powerful, but if you study hard and practice, you'll do well. They'd just see who was powerful and who was not. If mere hard work was needed, Weiss doubted they'd ever seen a novitiate who knew the meaning of work more deeply than she. They wound through halls and down a stairwell before coming to a rather plain door. Inside, they found a well-appointed apartment, but none of that gilded nonsense Grissensiders went in for. 
Weiss had overheard stories in the yin-in of how Don't's masters lived in opulence to rival her enlightened majesty. In truth, Weiss had been negligent with her tithing to the way of Till. She didn't go in for all those incense censors and Till's day haranguing about filthy human urges and about how Till could see her innermost thoughts and kept a record of them against the day she croaked off and her soul was weighed on his great banker's balance in the sky. She harumphed, drawing a raised eyebrow from Beth. The expression folded up the woman's bangs a little, like an armsman tipping up his helmet. What an odd bird she was, Weiss thought. A bit overfed and perhaps underworked, Weiss hadn't had padding on her bottom since she could carry a chamber pot. The voluptuary was at a desk, reviewing a parchment in one hand and holding a plain white teacup in the other. She didn't look up as her guests entered. She said, A merculin has awakened, and here she is. Curious, isn't it, sends Beth? Unusual, make no mistake. What's unusual about it? Weiss demanded. I woke up to the Amercus, and here I am. Did you think I'd go stalking off to the spinster so I could gamble away my life on coin tosses? This drew the voluptuary's attention enough that her blazing blue eyes shifted to take in her new novitiate. Weiss shuddered. Not because the stare was cold or mean, but because she felt it penetrated right into her skull, like Till, and riffled through her memories. The ache behind her eyes intensified. Her knees were starting to come unhinged. Kill's eyes. I think I'm going to faint. Sins Beth caught her and eased her into an armchair. Poor thing is overwrought. Poor thing is a dim spark, the voluptuary said. I've never heard of such awakening happening spontaneously. Not at her age. How old do you think? Eight and twenty, mayhap thirty. Weiss pressed her fist to her eyes. She was sure her eyes were going to pop right out of her head if she didn't hold them in. Twenty-four, Mams, just last month. Still rather old. The voluptuary came round to take Weiss's cheeks in her firm, warm hands. Fetch Sens Renna. I think this girl is ill. Sens Beth hustled off in a rustle of robes. I'm not ill. Just a case of the cold feebles. My feet are soaked through. I'll be part of the polysprig once I... Weiss convulsed, bending forward and gagging. Her headache brought up a grating ring in her ears, like metal scraping metal, all full of hisses and rasps. And then consonants emerged from the noise. A word. A word she was supposed to say. And then it came to her. Her lips moved to form the strange syllables. Apren. What did you say? The voluptuary said. But Weiss was already receding, the Hargath filling her mind. The call had come unexpectedly. The Hargath had not yet pulled his robes back on. Yothazandra stood by the open window, winter air flowing around her nakedness. He knew her state of undress because he could feel the shape of her garments and armor still in a pile where she'd tossed them. He required the staff of Nihil to steady himself as he stood and accepted entry into Weiss's weak mind. 
Her murkus was as dim as the fading glow of a blown-out candle wick. He took hold of it, wishing he could flow his own power, and that of the staff, through her. But he didn't require much for this effort. Skill counted for more than raw power in most things. What did you say? the voluptuary demanded. She stood before the Hargath, staring down imperiously. How he wished to drive a blade into the woman's papery throat, just there where her pulse moved the flesh in shallow flutters. Alas, Weiss had no weapon on her. Just as well, for his goal was not to kill voluptuary Sinlop. Perhaps later he would have her paraded along the street of sorrows, wearing nothing but her ridiculous jeweled tiara. Like the harlot she was. His disgust twisted Weiss's face, and the transformation must have been frightening to behold. The voluptuary stepped back. What is wrong with you? Are you going to faint again? I am quite well, I assure you. But we have never met, have we? All those years together in Starside, appearing to one another as flames upon the Mercosine? She still didn't understand. But how could she? She who claimed to the public such righteous virtue while engaging in her ways of vile rituals during full moons and winter night freaks. The Hargath, she said finally. She sneered at him. Indulging again in your demonic tricks, are you? I know all about your so-called awakening to prophecy. Did you think you could keep your years in Ititi secret? He would kill her for that. But not now. She was trying to provoke him. It felt strange to occupy a woman's body. For one thing, Weiss was short. For another, weak. But there was a litheness to her limbs he discovered he quite liked. He stood, eyes drawing even with the voluptuaries. He raised his hands to beckon to her. Get him out of me! He pitched his voice high to imitate a weak woman's plea, forgetting he already had a weak woman's voice. The result was a high-pitched squeak, utterly pathetic, and it turned out rather convincing. Thinking Weiss was fighting the Hargus' possession, the voluptuary came forward and took Weiss's arms. As expected, she brought her own Mercus to bear, prepared to plunge the girl's mind and sever the Hargus' connection there. She would have to search long and hard to find it. The force bond was subtle, very subtle. And now he'd learned to spread it from Merculin to Merculin, just as the winter sickness spread to every member of a household. He grasped the woman's face and brought his own feet to bear, so quick like slipping a dirk into an abdomen. This Mercus blade penetrated the voluptuary's mind almost without notice, until it was too late. He caught her on the way down, lest she crack her head. The effort helped somewhat, but Weiss was already losing consciousness. Her vision faded from his eyes as she died. Even that little Mercus feet had been too much. Perfect. He doubted the voluptuary would remember what had happened. She would come to, discover the new novitiate dead, and assume it was from a chill. And when the time came, without knowing what she was doing, 
the voluptuary would call to him, and then his plan would accelerate. It had been interesting to see through Weiss's eyes, a shorter perspective than the trapper and a body of quite strange proportion, not unpleasant, but strange. During his brief occupation of the girl, Yathazandra had returned to him. She now embraced him from behind, snaked her arms around his waist, pressing her body to his. Again she scalded him with her impossible heat. Kill awaits, Ten. You must do your duty.'